Let freedom ring this afternoon at 2 with Sean Hannity. Right before Joe Walsh at 5 on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy, President Trump in Argentina for the G20. Going to be uh, meeting with President Xi where uh, dictator Putin gets no Trump Tower and he gets no G20 meeting with Trump. It's a bad day. Canceling the meeting with Putin was Trump over the uh, aggression towards Ukraine. And before he left for the G20 summit, um, uh, when he was right outside the White House, he said, I'll have to decide. I'll get the information on the plane, and then I'll decide. And then mid-flight, he tweeted out that he's not going to be meeting with Putin. One of the topics he won't have to discuss with President Xi, at least not uh, in detail, thankfully, is uh, the uh, story we talked a little bit about earlier this week and and into yesterday. The uh, ghoulish gene editing that's going on in Shenzhen, um, scientists in Shenzhen, uh, that uh, has been stopped by the Chinese government because of finally some outrage from the academic community about the ethics of the gene editing that uh, the scientist was doing on human beings. Uh, But obviously there are other matters, uh, mainly economic, but also some human rights matters, and to help us preview those, we're pleased to be joined by Stephen Mosher. He is the president of the Population Research Institute and the author of the book Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order. Stephen, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, it's good to be with you this morning, Dan and Amy. Uh, and it's good to have you. And so obviously the uh, main topic people are focused in on is trade and whether or not uh, there can be progress made to at least sort start to cobble together a framework for a trade deal that uh, ratchets down the uh, uh, tariff uh, war that's gone on between the two countries over the last 18 months. Yeah, I think I think we're looking at some kind of agreement. Now, we have to understand that we're never going to sign a free trade agreement with China because China is not a free country, right? Uh, it may surprise people to learn that China does not even practice free trade within its own borders. Uh, various provincial leaders engage in domestic trade wars. So, so Hubei blocks products from Beijing, and 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 Gansu blocks products from from uh, its neighboring provinces. So they protect local industries in that way. So, so China's never going to to open up its markets to our goods entirely. But we can have a kind of limited agreement. Uh, we can have an agreement like uh, President Trump actually asked for last year. He said, uh, China reduce the trade deficit by 200 billion by 2020. So that would be a force-based phased reduction of the trade deficit where China would go in and buy, you know, heavy equipment from us, passenger planes, from Boeing, energy and agricultural products and all the rest. China actually countered uh, with an offer of $70 billion earlier this year. Uh, Trump said, no, that's not far enough. I, I think that in Buenos Aires or soon after, Trump and Xi will meet in the middle, and, and they'll agree to, say, buy $150 billion more of uh, U.S. goods and reduce the trade deficit. But what about, you know, intellectual property? What about stopping the mining of data from American companies? What about stopping the forced transfer of high tech? That stuff is crucial to President Xi Jinping's uh, plan to China 2025 plan to dominate high tech. Uh, It's crucial to his China 2049 plan to dominate the world. So he's not going to give up that stuff. He may say that he'll make some concessions in that direction, but he told President Obama that uh, three years ago, and nothing happened. So so, yeah. uh, so I think certain things are not negotiable. Well, President Trump said that he's close to doing something with China on trade. Do you think anything will 
be accomplished during their meeting? Well, I think, once again, uh, uh, Xi Jinping will be able to look in President Trump's eyes and see the uh, steely-eyed result that's there. Uh, I think he understands, Trump understands, that he's got China over barrel. You know, we've got these, these, these tariffs on Chinese goods right now, and the Chinese public, the Chinese economy is paying almost all of the cost of the tariffs. They're not being passed along to American consumers. Uh, they've also got enormous debt in China. They've got lots of bridges to nowhere and buildings that no one occupies. They've got state-owned enterprises that are that are dinosaurs that are kept alive on life support by trillions of dollars in subsidies from the government. So they, they've got lots of problems over there. I think that uh, that China is uh, is fairly desperate for a deal. I mean, there is a Chinese vice minister of commerce going around trying to calm investors in China by saying, "Don't worry, China is not Turkey." China is not Turkey. Wow. That's like the captain of a, a ship saying, don't worry, uh, we're not the Titanic. We're not going to sink. Well, right. So so you think that the, the regime in China uh, it has real concerns about existential threat to the stability of their totalitarianism? Yeah, that's a that's a real good question that we've all been wrestling with for about, uh, you know, since the founding of the People's Republic of China in 1949. I think the controls on the Chinese people are tightening. I mean, you've got a million uh, of, of a, the Western uh, Turks, uh, we call them Uyghurs, in China, now in concentration camps, being forced to learn Chinese, being forced to give up their faith, uh, being forced, kept on short rations. I mean, this is a government that is capable of doing the most horrific things to its people. Will the Chinese people one day step back and say, we've had enough? Uh, that's that's the you know that's well right the big, big and, question. and so even with a faltering economy, if they don't feel like their grip on the country is uh, in jeopardy, then how much leverage do we really have? I mean, to your point, you you're essentially suggesting that President Xi can get away with lip service on some of these issues like intellectual piracy, uh, and uh, uh, you know can get away with just lip service and not have to do anything substantive or anything that's enforceable. So do do, do we have leverage or with particularly with the announcement of the uh, GM layoffs and plant closures this week, does uh, China now have more leverage and is there more pressure on Trump to get a deal done? Well, I think there's pressure on both sides, but obviously Trump is presiding over a booming economy and Xi Jinping is presiding over an economy that is threatening to go into recession where uh, private companies are going bankrupt at an increasing rate. Uh, they're defaulting on their loans and so forth. Uh, you know, it's incumbent upon us to to respond to China's drive to build an empire and its aggression. And, you know, when when we talk about intellectual property, we've just set up a new cybersecurity division in the Department of Homeland Security. We have to help U.S. companies get better at defeating cyber attacks and protecting their intellectual property. Uh, you know, we're working with our allies in the Indian Pacific to to preserve freedom of navigation in the South China Sea. We're restricting Chinese investment and loans. Uh, to companies with sensitive technology in the Silicon Valley. But I think the most important thing we're doing is we're working with Japan and EU, the big economies of the world, to draft new world rules for the World Trade Organization. And these deal with Beijing's unfair trade practices. They deal with its subsidies to high-tech industries, its practice of forcing foreign companies to hand over cutting-edge technology as a condition of operating in China. And once the new rules are in place, China may very well find itself on the outside of the World Trade Organization who continues to violate them. That would certainly solve the trade deficit so, once uh, and for all. Do you, do you, do you, what does victory look like for Trump in this, uh, in this uh, 
uh, battle with China. Is it going to be something similar, do you think, to the, the new NAFTA, which is sort of, you know, some, some improvements, uh, some arguably regressions when it comes to free trade, if that's your posture. Um, uh, the same thing sort of here. You'll take uh, some somewhere in between the 70 billion and 200 billion dollars in trade deficit reduction. Call that a trade agreement and move on. Well, I think again, I think we're going to reach some agreement so the Chinese the Chinese buy more American-made goods. I think Trump is absolutely serious in uh, in saying if that doesn't happen, then you know we're going to compensate for China's cheating, China's predatory trade practices by raising by raising tariffs. So how, how does I, I, I do think so? Yeah. How, sorry to interrupt, but how, so how does Trump get there? Because you know one of the things that's uh, often mentioned by Chinese experts like yourself, experts on China and um, how that system works and the culture, is you know, you have to give the Chinese uh, some f- avenue for face saving. It, it can't be perceived that you walked all over them. So how does Trump get there just in terms of the art of the deal, if you will? Well, you know, he always he, he's always nice to world leaders, even dictators like Putin. And, and look, Xi Jinping is a dictator as well. If, if the Chinese naval vessel last month had succeeded in ramming an American naval vessel, uh, we'd be we'd have a very different very different optics going into uh, Buenos Aires. But the American captain avoided uh, the collision at the last minute. Uh, yeah, he smiles, he shakes his hand. Uh, they appear to get along very very well. And then the doors close, and and you know Trump will say something like, "What are you what are you putting on the table?" I mean, I, I think that that's that's face enough because uh, she gets his pictures. He in the papers of the uh, you know the. Uh, the Chinese press is controlled by him. The Chinese media is controlled by him. Nothing gets said about him on the Internet that he doesn't like or it gets taken down immediately. He has absolute control over the image-making process in China. So I think, uh, you know, that that, uh, that that we shouldn't be worried about, about so much about saving the face of Chinese leaders as we should be about saving jobs and factories in this country. Is it possible uh, that Trump gets anything other than lip service from President Xi as it pertains to North Korea? Well, China has been hot and cold about North Korea. In the beginning, of course, it saw North Korea as a way to play off the United States on trade. In other words, the deal is we're going to help you on North Korea, and and you're going to back off on some of the trade issues. And Trump did for about uh, six months. And then he met with uh, Kim Jong-un. Things appeared to be moving in that direction. He came back to the trade issue. Uh, China opened, you know, there are a lot of goods and and, and people moving across the the border between China and North Korea. Uh, that slowed down a little bit, but now it's picked up. So, yeah, is China helping us in North Korea? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but it's ultimately up to uh, to young Kim if he's going to denuclearize. And so far, he hasn't taken much uh, action in that direction. What about uh, on the matter of human rights? Is that likely to be a topic between the two? I know there's uh, we, we still don't know the identity of Tank Man, number one. I'd like to find that out. But uh, more uh, pressing, two American citizens that are children of a former Chinese official accused right. of uh, defrauding mm-hmm. Chinese banking institutions are being held in China. Trump has said he's going to bring that up with Xi. Uh, how much of a discussion of, of human rights and human rights abuses by the Chinese will be part of their confab? Well, it certainly will be part of the conversation. Uh, we, we see... Uh, massive human rights abuses in China. I've already talked about the the Muslim Uyghurs in the West uh, tearing down churches of Christians, arresting Catholic bishops, 
uh, all religious faiths are under in, intensive scrutiny in China today because there really only is one allowed faith in China, and that's faith in the Chinese Communist Party mm-hmm. and its leader, Xi Jinping. He's kind of the head of his own uh, uh, you know, communist church, and he's the, the pope of that church, and, and the Communist Party members are his acolytes, and everyone is supposed to, to worship in that particular church of China. Um, so there are lots of things to talk about on the human rights front where things are getting a lot worse than, than that. I, I have to I have to say that that holding an American citizen, someone who is not born in China, but born the young man, uh, the son of the the, uh, the 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 man who's wanted by China, was born in the United States. He is 100 percent American. And for the Chinese government to look at him and say, uh, because of your ancestry, we're going to hold you. Uh, hostage for the sins of your father, I think illustrates to the whole world uh, what this regime is really like. I've been working on human rights in China for 30 years, and a lot of my friends who are from China uh, live in fear of not only their fathers and mothers being arrested in China, but but their cousins uh, or second cousins or friends. Uh, The Chinese government practices the principle of collective punishment. If they can't get their hands on you, they will get their hands on somebody uh, that you love, that you you know, whose friendship you value, and hold them hostage until you turn yourself in. Uh, that's 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 the behavior of a of a of a gang of thugs. That's not the behavior of, the behavior of a responsible player on the international scene. No, you're exactly right, and it seems we sometimes forget, particularly the way the D.C. press corps reports it, that China is run by communist thugs, yep. the same way the Soviet Union was, and other uh, despotic. Uh, regimes afflicted by uh, uh, countries, excuse me, afflicted by despotic regimes. And I'm glad you reminded us of that. He is Stephen Mosher. He's the president of the Population Research Institute. He's the author of the book Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order. Stephen, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Dan. And he joined us on our turnkey 